Hello, and welcome to the Kosh. I'm your host, Timber Smith. Kosh listeners, what's going on? Thank you for tuning in to another episode. Super excited to uh, be here today. All right, today's weather report. Well, first of all, it's another awesome Saturday morning, but we, we aren't as early as normal. We are moving into the afternoon, which means I have lunchtime vibes going on. That's, that's what's on my mind. But let me just share now that I've already scheduled a, a burrito delivery for myself. So I'm pretty excited about, yeah, if you've listened to past episodes, you know that uh, I've got a thing for burritos. I love burritos and uh, this whole burrito delivery thing uh, makes me super excited. Um, The Kosh is a podcast that spotlights people who've had an association with Oshkosh or the surrounding Fox cities area. Um, You know, I'm going to say this because I always say this. I am super excited excited about today's guest like uh this this one is special to me um we might end up labeling it a special episode um just because uh but i'm super excited about this i do not once again i do not know how i get these amazing guests in this case i was reached out to and i was like what for real they want to come on the cash (laughs) no brainer come on the cash uh but it, it fits it fits who we are so um Ooh, and you know what I, you know, I, normally in show prep, I make sure that I do, I've been good about checking the enunciation of things, but I'm going to tell you now I'm about to slaughter this guest's last name, but we'll, we'll work through it as usual. So, <laughs> bruh. All right. Without further ado, this week's guest is Dick Kapaninski. Close. Drop the first K and you've got it. Nepinski. Oh, Nepinski. Yeah. People see Polish names and they see an SKI at the end and they go, oh my God, how do we do this? And, uh, but there's no C's or Z's or Y's or W's or anything in it. So it's, it, it's actually pretty easy. Napkazinski. Nap. Napinski. Napinski. Yep. Napinski. All right. Napper's fine. Everybody calls me that. Well, at, yeah. the, at the end of the day, I'm just going to call you Dick. So. Okay. <laughs> I mean, that's just, that, that's how it's going to go. Um, well, thank you so much for being on the cash. This is great. I've been looking forward to this one all week since uh, we got together and said, yeah, let's do this. And so uh, get to talk about the show, about EAA, what it means to the community, and what the community thinks of EAA. I mean, all of that comes in, and it's uh, like any relationship. It's got its ups and downs and ins and outs and perceptions and misperceptions and everything else. <laughs> like any long-standing of relationship. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Dick, can you please share a little something about yourself and uh, what is your connection to the Kosh? Okay, well, um, I've been at EAA now more than 30 years. So Whoa, we've seen, have seen, <laughs> we have seen a lot going on uh, over three decades and uh, came to the staff in 1992, been in the Fox Valley about that long mm-hmm. and just really enjoy it. I tell people either I really love what I do and the people and the community, or I have no transferable skills at all. So one of the two. <laughs> and it's, so it's, you know, it, it is something that you get involved in the community, um, not just for what we have at the South End with the museum and the show and everything else, but all of the things that go on in the community, being able to be a part of it, uh, seeing the growth in the community, the change in the community over 30 years, uh, not only 
physically and in buildings, but just you know, some of the attitudes and things like that and uh, some of the sense of community. That, that's, that's changed over 30 years. And I, I like to think it's for the better. Uh, so. Agreed. Mm-hmm. Um, how did, where, you, where did you come from to, to come here? Are you born and raised Oshkosh? I'm not born and raised Oshkosh. Born and raised uh, Wisconsin Rapids, so the middle part of the state. I have spent all but one year of schooling um, in Wisconsin. Uh, I like beer and milk, and so why move? There's no Bruh. reason. Yeah, it's just, you know, it's, uh, and uh, worked radio for a number of years, uh, way up north in Park Falls, where we broadcast to trees and bear and deer and a few people. Yeah, I was going to say Park Falls is one of those places I've never even heard of. Oh, boy. It's about 50 miles south of Lake Superior. It's right between Fifield and Butternut. You can't miss it. And so it is... Um, uh, you know, so I spent some time up there, spent some time in central Wisconsin, spent some time at Lawrence University working with Wisconsin Public Radio there. Oh. And uh, then in 92, it just happened to work. I've always liked airplanes, and they needed somebody who could write a little bit. And suddenly, there I was at EAA, and almost 31 years later, there I am, still at EAA and uh, <laughs> you know, as director of communications, and just really enjoy it. It's... Um, it's such a great place to tell people in Oshkosh and in the Fox Valley about EAA, about the organization, and it's so much fun to talk to our members around the world and tell them about Oshkosh and, and what it's like. And uh, just that unique intersection of people and cultures and everything else that comes together during the summer, and then oh, yes. we get to work on it the rest of the year as well. I can't – I so enjoy – when EA comes to town, what I enjoy are all the people that are from other places that come, particularly international people. Oh, yeah. They're just fascinating. And the people I probably enjoy the most that uh, seems like you run into them somewhere are the Australians. <laughs> they are everywhere. That the, we, the, they? <laughs> the Australians are just a good time. Oh, they are. And so are the South Africans. I mean, between these two groups, and the, they, they usually bring, each of them bring about, oh, 200, 300 uh, from that country each year. Really? Yeah. Wow. And uh, so it is uh, amazing. The South Africans actually camp in Camp Scholar, uh, our drive-in campground, and they bring over a tent, and they've got Tent City. It's all these little pup tents that are all lined up, two-man pup tents all the way along, and they stay there. And that's included in their price when they come over on their trip. And, of course, they can't carry this camping equipment back on the airliner with them. So it gets donated here to places like Father Carr's Place or oh. the, the shelters or, or so forth. So um, Oshkosh actually benefits from those South Africans being here and gets that equipment. And so sleeping blags, blankets, things like that, go to the community afterwards. How many of these little stories do we not know as Oshkosh residents? Because that there... Is amazing. Yeah, it, it. There are a lot of those stories that pop up. It, it, it's the stories of people who rent out their houses and become friends with, and end up traveling overseas to visit the people who have come here for EAA. Uh, it's um, it, it's things like uh, organizations that have food left over after one of their things and say, you know, can we donate it to somebody? Uh, you know, those type of things. Uh, it's. It's uh, people like Sacred Heart Church that run the food stand. I've run the food stand there for years and years and years and years just outside the main gate. And it's a great arrangement because we rent some of the land from Sacred Heart Cemetery, which is right next to the airport, and they run the food stand and make a decent amount of money that they can put back into their community and do that. So, you know, those kind of things, those little stories are, are just the... I guess the threads of the tapestry in a lot of way, Timber, that just create this thing 
that's become synonymous with Oshkosh in a lot of ways. Right. It's part of the fabric of the city. You almost, you, you can't say EA and not say Oshkosh and you can't say Oshkosh and not say EA. I mean, right. I mean, they are synonymous. Yeah. It's one of the funny stories too. You know, officially it's EAA Air Venture Oshkosh. That's, that's the show. And everybody in the Fox Valley calls it EAA. Right. Everybody outside the Fox Valley calls it Oshkosh. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> We're still working on the brand equity thing a little bit about Air Venture, but um, you know that's the official name, and uh, so it, it's just one of those little interesting quirks that that take place. And when you talk about uh, EAA and what it means to Oshkosh and that connection, but what's really fun is when you go anywhere else and you say, "I'm from Oshkosh," and they go, "Really." You ever been to that air show? I say, yeah, a couple of times. Yeah. And, um, and, <laughs> it's, it's, and then I tell them, yeah, I, I work there. And they go, yeah, my, you know, my neighbor goes, or my dad always goes, or, you know, my aunt was in the air force and now she goes every year, or I, there are friends who volunteer there every year, you know, and you're standing on a beach in Florida or Texas or something and talking about Oshkosh, Wisconsin. And what does that mean to the community that you get to talk about Oshkosh? And I, I think people remember it because it's, it's kind of a funky name. It, 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 you know, it, it, it's not Greenville, you know, it's, but no, it's, it's a funky name and yeah. you remember overalls. Yeah. And you do. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And, uh, <laughs> I can't tell you how many times that's come up, right? Gosh, gosh, but gosh. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, yep. Yeah, if, if somebody out there is writing a story about the event and they need a quick, cheap headline, yeah, it's always, you know, it's Oshkosh, but gosh, yep. Yeah, every single time. So, um, you know, so the company still gets the shout out from us uh, because of it. So it's, uh, but it is, those fascinating stories are all out there, Timber. All right. You ready to jump into the first segment? Let's go. All right. The first segment is called, What in the World is Going On With? As you start with the phrase, what in the world, and then share with us. Well, my, mine is kind of a longstanding thing, and, and probably from, I don't want to get too political here, but what in the world is going on with politics why is it a zero-sum game you know it's uh um you know Rahm Emanuel once said never let a crisis go to waste because there are political points that can be scored and it seems that that's what it is and uh you know we're all sitting out here you see some of the things going on whether you know it's it's balloons floating by whether it's trains derailments and those things that okay let's just go solve the problem and but there's always political points and you knew if the other party was in charge the opposing party would be making the same points that the other party is making right now. Correct. So it's, you know, people, I mean, we send you there to do that kind of, to, to solve things, to get things. And there are tough questions. And if they were easy questions, we would have solved them already. But they're tough, and so we have to work together to solve them. I think we send you there to, to actually represent all people. Yeah. That's, that's my that's big right. thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. That's my big thing. Yep. Like, your job is to represent America. Your job, uh, you know, even if you're representing a district or a state or whatever, whatever that is that you're representing in your role, your job still is to represent all the people. Yep. And I, and I think we just need to do a much, much better job at that. Oh, it is. And, you know, there's just so much involved in that where, uh, you know, they're beholden to whoever got them there. And then, okay, you know, hey, about about us, you know, this thing, you know, whether it's water, air, um, you know, traffic, roads, schools, whatever it happens to be, right. it's, it's got to get solved. And you see it on the national level, you see it on the state level. There's got to be a solution to that. There, there has to be a way. Yes, I know it's politics. I know it's, it's making the sausage. It's not pretty, but 
it gets done. And when it does get done effectively, it's really a, a beautiful thing. But it, it is. It doesn't happen enough. All right. When, it's, when it does do good things or it does what it's supposed to do, we do amazing things. It, it is. You know. So why don't more people want to do that? <laughs> you know, there, and there's a story behind that, too, because you actually go in and um, when we've had the Apollo astronauts at AirVenture, uh, they were asked one time, you know, people went to the moon. What would it take for us to get to the moon? Or we went to the moon. Why can't we solve the hunger problem? Why can't we finance the schools? And I remember Gene Krantz, who was the mission control guy in Apollo 13. Uh, Ed Harris played him in the movie. Oh. And he said, you can. All you have to do is take $100 billion, take 600,000 people, and dedicate them to the problem for 10 years because that's what it took to get us to the moon. Mm. You do that, you can solve the problem. And it's a matter of will, it's a matter of motivation, and it's uh, uh, often a matter of safety because um, the Apollo astronauts have said it before that the reason Apollo became such a big thing to get to the moon is because there was a perceived threat from the Soviets that they were going to win the space race. They were going to control the universe. And so... Well, we have to do something. Right. And so now the money, the time, the motivation all came there to get to the moon. And so 75 years after the first flight, less than that, we were standing on the moon. Wow. Okay. You know, so there are ways to get it done, but yeah, it takes commitment. Yeah. Yes, it does. Okay. My, what in the world is going on with is, um, what is going, what in the world is going on with these unidentified flying objects? That's what I want to know. So, you know, I'm 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 a little bit of a news buff, right? Mm -hmm. I like to tune in, and I tune in every morning religiously, and 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 I tune into a couple of places because I'm I'm trying to figure it out. Like I I want to make sure. And a wise person once told me this. Shout out to my brother-in-law Chris Weiss. Uh, you got to make sure that you listen to everyone mm -hmm. because everybody's got a slant. Yep. Right. So I try to listen to a couple of different places. And at the end of the day, I don't care who you're listening to this whole things, these balloons floating around and these unidentified flying objects seems to be a hot mess. It, right now it is. And, you know, yeah. and some of those balloons, have, the weather balloons have always been floating around. You know, then there are 90, 100 of those sent up a day from universities and weather stations and everything else to right. check what's going on up there. Right. Um, yeah, some of the other stuff, but it's like anything else. You know, it, it gets rolling and it gets a life of its own in the media. Yes. I'm I'm just curious, like, um, in a sense, like, uh, and I get that. I, I know that there's a lot of different uh, entities who utilize technology and, and put this in the air. And um, <laughs> side note, I saw an interesting meme uh, yesterday that was like, it was a hot air balloon business and they're like closed for business oh. until further notice. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you, you don't want to be in the wrong place. Yeah, I don't want to be in the wrong place right now. I, I think I'll pass on yeah, yeah. hot Bro, air balloons at yeah, this you'll, time. You'll be, a, you'll be bait for an F-16 out there, yeah. But I but I did think, um, I found it interesting that they changed the verbiage to unidentified flying object, right? And they're, very, and they're, they're doing correction points on when people call them anything else other than that, which yeah. to me says there's more to this. And there well might be. You, you don't know. You know, once it gets in, there are so many backstories as to what it was, when it was here, whose is it? Uh, you know, it all becomes uh, part of part of the lore. And then the, sometimes that's where 
great conspiracy theories come from because people start thinking, okay, we'll just fill in the gaps ourselves. Oh yeah. If you don't control the narrative, someone else will. Oh yeah. And they'll, they'll do it very well. And sometimes with stuff you never even thought of before. Oh yeah. Yeah. (laughs) There's some creative minds out there. Um, and so that's it. I'm in, in at the end of the day, what I'm really saying is, is I'm just waiting for the, for the other shoe to drop. Um, let's just put out there, you know, I know our government's slow to tell us civilians things. Um, but tell us the things. Yeah. Uh, I what think the it? sooner, yeah, the sooner you can share with us, uh, good, bad, or indifferent, whatever it is, mm-hmm. I, I do think uh, it helps us as the public to just have understanding. You know, we're 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 a pretty smart constituency. Yeah, if you just let us know. Yeah, just let us know. And I know you can't always let us know right. that soon. Right, it takes time. Right. But at the end of the day, I'm it is something that like uh, it doesn't have my radar flashing, flashing. But I I do pause when I hear news reports and there might be a little something different uh, in the news reports. I'm curious to to see what all comes out of it. It it is, you know, and you mentioned the hot air balloon business. You know, a lot of the people have been doing it legitimately now are going, well, now we just can't send that stuff up like we used to because, um. We don't know what's going to come after it real soon. Right. (laughs) (laughs) It does worry you a little bit, right? If your weather forecast is a little bit late, okay, that explains it. (laughs) (laughs) Facts. All right. Next segment. Next segment is word associations. I'm going to say words and please tell us what's on your mind. Okay. All right. First word, the unifying word, Uh, food. Oh, man. In the kosh, West End Pizza. Oh, is that it? I am addicted (laughs) to West End Pizza. The people there, you know, it's one of those things. It's close to us down at the south end of town. And it's really, really good. And um, so that's it. And I'm a pizza fiend anyway. Mm. And so, you know, I love pizza. Like you were talking about burritos. I'm a pizza fiend. And so I will try every pizza out there. And Oshkosh is blessed with a lot of really good pizzas oh yeah no doubt yeah Bruh. and so uh you know it's uh but west end is close it has beer and uh you know all of those important things that uh make it special and so that's mine yeah i'm and i'm you know an italian food junkie too uh, uh, well pizza. shout out to west end pizza that's yeah. something that's definitely some of my in-laws favorite place to also go oh yeah for me for pizza i'm a pizza king guy okay those pizza king people they handle business. Yeah. That is a fantastic pizza. That, that is. I mean, that's in, take it home, bake it up, and there you go. Yeah. You're all set. And uh, But, you know, you, again, all, all over town, there are, there are great ones, and I, you know, I, I try to hit them all, but, uh, you know, it's nearby. I can go right over there on the other side of the <laughs> airport and, and get one and, uh, and sit there. And uh, so, you know, yeah, we'll give a shout-out to them. That's the food thing. Oh, yes. Okay. Cocktail or beer? I'm a beer guy. I, I am a beer guy. You know, I, I like I like bourbon occasionally, like caramel, smoky bourbon. Bourbon, but um, I also like the micro brews. You know, you go places. You know, in town again here, you know, bare bones out there is a you know a great place to have it, and it's one of my go tos uh, when having that. And so, yeah, I'm a beer guy. Do we have a favorite right now? Is there a favorite micro brew flavor or brewery that you're favoring right now? You know, like like the Ambers. I've always been an Amber guy. You know, the IPAs, I'll try. Some IPAs, 
Boy, they like to play with hops. Uh, they're a little hoppy for me <laughs> personally. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, <laughs> you know, when you start chewing it. It's like okay, that's good. And um, but yeah, the ambers, those type of things, um, the loggers, the pilsners, um, an occasional stout. Winter is good time for porters and stouts and things like that. Again, with a pizza, and um, <laughs> you know, um, and so you do that, and uh, yeah, that's kind of my thing. Okay, concert, concert. Oh man. I can tell you the very first concert I went to, this was, this was crazy. This was in Stevens Point, Wisconsin in the mid-70s. And at Stevens Point Area High School, they had sticks in the Atlanta Rhythm Section playing there. And I still remember it was Super Bowl Sunday. Uh, that we went up there, a bunch of us from high school, and we had like third-row tickets. And we, in the next three days in high school, we couldn't hear a thing because it was so cool. Uh, you know, that was the first one. Um, here locally, uh, you know, I really like Waterfest. One one story that stands out from that was Boz Skaggs played here a few years back. And uh, in high school, our tennis team, for reasons completely unknown to anybody, picked up Lido Shuffle as our tennis team song. You know, it, And when you're in a high school team, it seems like you get a song. Uh, our basketball team had a song. It was Commodore's Brick House that was given to us by our assistant coach who saw shoot, our shooting percentage. And so that was... Um, <laughs> that was um, he said, yeah, you guys are Brick House. And, um, but, uh, yeah, to, to finally hear Boz Gags, after 40 years, sing, sing live the song that was our tennis team song, that was kind of cool. That, that was nice. And, you know, you go down to the amphitheater, and there's really, on a nice night... There's no place better. I mean, it's just, oh, it's, it's glorious. It's just fun. It's, um, it, it's something I always enjoy every single summer. So, you know, those type of concerts are, are always, always a good time, you know, and, and some other things too, you know, like the jazz fest this past year, I hadn't been there before, but oh. they, you know, when they had it this year, you know, it, it was fan. It was fantastic. Even with the rain delay. Yes. <laughs> and, you know, you go out there and it was just fun, you know, and, Aaron coming back to her hometown and having the band. It was just, it, it was a blast. And, um, you know, its it was a first-time thing for me, and this, it's not going to be a last-time thing for me, I can tell you that. No, I'm pretty excited about who they're bringing this next year. Yeah, I believe been, it's Take Six. Really? Yes, wow. and I was like, okay. man, that, that's, uh, the, the, the Kosh is doing it. They, they're doing it, you know. And there's something about just that atmosphere right there on Main Street. You go down there, and... Here they are. The stage is right there, and mm-hmm. it just it, it's a great vibe, and I really enjoyed it. And it's fluid and free. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> there's and, something and to be said for that. The, oh, you got like free. Yeah, <laughs> you got like free. I mean, that just says you know, it, if you're that community member, you know, and 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 maybe you don't have that extra uh, disposable income, you can still find some summer entertainment that's yep. pretty, that's solid. Exactly, you know, and that that is, and and you know, I always enjoy that. And during the summer, especially in the weeks getting up to Air Venture, breaking away every so often is just so important because otherwise your your brain will explode. Uh, just getting oh. ready for Air Venture, so you know, I, I'd like to take those Thursday nights and and head to Waterfest and just okay, I'm going to get a beer and try not to think about airplanes here for two hours, okay. And then somebody asked me what's coming to Air Venture, and so I end up thinking, talking yeah, about. That I was going to say, are you ever off? Are you truly ever off? Um, no, no, but, <laughs> but it's okay. You know, it's uh, it, it's fun, so it's okay. And I love talking about airplanes, so okay, it, it works out. All right, shop local. Oh, a couple of my favorites. Um, Winnebago Bike Shop. 
they have taken care of me for several years. And I love cycling. It's something I've been doing since I was a teenager. And again, it's cheaper than a psychotherapist. So I, I do that all the time. You know, that's the way I get away and just hit the roads and things like that. Um, so that and right in front, you know, Wagner Market right in front of that is good. Um, you know, downtown, I love kits and file. Oh, I mean, it's yeah. a, I, I need a bolt. This bolt, this, this is what bolt I need right, right here. here. Yeah, I need that. I don't even know what this is. What is this? I need one of them. And they'll say, oh, that's one of these. You know? I'm always amazed. I can't tell you how many times I've done exactly that, where I've walked in there um, frustrated, right? Because yeah. I feel like when you go to Kits and File, you've been working on something for an hour or two that you can't figure out, and you're, yeah. you're frustrated. Oh, yeah. Then you're just like, I'm going to kids and file. And you walk in there with this bolt. Maybe it's a half a bolt. Maybe you've yep. already cut the bolt. Maybe you've stripped the bolt. Yep. And you give it to them. And they're just like, oh, it's over here in this aisle. Yeah. <laughs> and the way that yeah. they do it, they make it so easy. It's so, like, my all my frustration just goes. Whew. Yeah. And then they tell you, oh, make sure you put it in this way. Because otherwise you'll break it and you'll be back here again buying another one. I usually just buy a couple oh. at that point. <laughs> at that point, I figure, you know what? I'm going to save myself a trip. I'm just going to buy a couple of these because, you know, there's yeah. a good chance that I'm, I'm going to screw that up I, again. I, I've done that, Timber. And what happens is now, you know, 15 years later, my wife asked me, why do you still have these? Well, I may need that someday, you know, and have to put that in. And it's just... <laughs> just <laughs> Bruh. Not the. I'm gonna need that someday. Yeah, it, it's a guy thing. It's a you guy know. thing. <laughs> oh, I love that. No big shout out to kids and file yeah. um, community. Oh, I was thinking about this one. Yeah, the community. What I love about the community here, and you know, in the in the Fox Cities, we're we're blessed here in a lot of ways. But you go to Menominee Park. And I've played softball at Menominee Park. I've been there for Festival of Lights at Menominee Park. You know, I've walked through the zoo at Menominee Park. You know, just been out there. To have that park out mm. there. Uh, and somebody thought about this generations and generations ago, that we need a park right there. Uh, you, know, you go up to Appleton, they really don't have a riverside park like that. Uh, it's a little bit different because you've got the bluffs and everything else. But right. you go down in the industrial flats, it's the industrial flats. It's getting a little bit better with the trails and so forth, but uh, you don't have the same thing. Uh, you know, that I love about the community. I, I love UW Oshkosh being here in the community, uh, you know, with everything from the vibe it brings when you have a college campus in town. It, it, it brings a different vibe than when you don't. Facts. It's that simple. Facts. It's a treasure. It is a treasure. I mean, you, you do that... Uh, I mean, you take a look where I was raised in Wisconsin Rapids, uh, definitely a paper mill town for years and years and years. You go up the road to Stevens Point, and every year you've got the college vibe coming in. And it's it's that 18 to 23-year-old excitement and vibe and, you know, mostly good. Sometimes uh, you got work in progress, but mostly good. Uh, you know, but... Uh, <laughs> True. Yeah. Facts. But, but it is fun, and everything that brings... And, and I think it brings a youthful element to a community and it just does. And, and the other thing that I really in the community right now is, is you take a look at the Fox river and, and what we as a community have done along the Fox river in the 30 years that I've been here. Uh, you looked at industrial areas and things like that uh, 30 years ago. And what are we going to do with things? You know, let's, how do we get new companies in here? Wait a minute. Let's make this all for people to enjoy. 
And um, I think that's such a smart move. It, it is, you know, and now the, the trails and things like that that are there, it, it really adds a lot to the community and it makes a place where you know, people love to live and people love to come and see. And, you know, all of that works together. Oh, it does. Mm-hmm. It so does. Legacy. Oh, boy. You know, the legacy. Um, you know, and Oshkosh, we, it's, it's a historic town, so we stand on the shoulders of a lot of people to get to this point. And, you know, those who thought of the park, those who did that. But you, you take a look at, at some of the, the legacies here, and, it, you know, for us, for me personally, you know, the legacy of knowing the EA founder, Paul Poberezny, and what and he did to bring EA here and working with the community. Uh, there were people out there that, that did that, uh, the Vettys, the Henry Kimberleys, and those type of people who said, yeah, you, you, should, you should come to Oshkosh. You should make it here. You know, and, and that has created an incredible legacy here. Um, so you know, those are the kind of things that when I think of legacy, uh, those people come to mind immediately. I've always wondered why here. Why here? Oh. Yeah, I mean, seriously, yeah. there's uh, stories about that. Yeah, I mean, I've always it's just one yeah. of those things. Like, uh, it, it's this is Oshkosh, Wisconsin. It's not the <laughs> biggest city, and uh, you know, um, uh, other than overalls, I mean, why here? Right. Yeah. <laughs> it, it actually is a great story. Um, most a lot of people don't know that the EA Flyin did come to Oshkosh once in the 1950s, 1956. It actually came. Uh, Steve Whitman. Whitman Regional Airport is named for him. Very early EA member, an aircraft designer and racer. And uh, he was racing airplanes in the national air races in the 30s and 40s as a one-man team. Uh, he had some friends who helped him out. Yeah. Did you say one-man? One-man team. He mm. designed the airplane. He built the airplane. He flew the airplane. And this was against teams from Shell Oil and Golf and Texaco who had the big company teams that came in. And Steve and his buddies would show up with his airplane and they'd finish in the top five all the time. Uh, and he, so he was just that kind of guy. But uh, Steve Whitman convinced uh, EA to come up in 1956 uh, for their fly-in, which was only three days at the time. And it came up here, and it alternately was like 95 degrees and incredibly humid, except when the thunderstorms broke out. And that was the entire weekend. <laughs> and, you know, Paul was quoted as saying, we're never going back to Oshkosh again. Okay, Fast forward 14 years. Uh, the fly-ins at Rockford, Illinois. And it had outgrown where they were at the Rockford Airport. And the Rockford Airport Authority said, well, we've got Ozark Airlines expanding here, so we really don't have room to expand you here. And they're going, wow, we might not have a fly-in in 1970. Well, Paul worked for the Air National Guard out of Milwaukee at the time. And with that, he did maintenance flights and airplanes. So he drew a circle 300 miles from Milwaukee. And flew out over airfields. And Oshkosh is unique among airports. If you go to most major airports, the big runways cross because it makes more efficient use of land. In Oshkosh, for whatever reason, the the runways were set up in an L shape. And so you have an east-west runway that you see if you're going down South Park or or something like that. And you've got the big north-south runway that runs parallel with Oregon and Knapp Street. And... So you can park a lot of airplanes, a lot of people bring in airplanes at the same time. And so they went to the county and said, we'd like to do this. And apparently the county, the year before it had a rock concert in Oshkosh. And 
it had not gone well. A lot of trash, uh, a lot of what they called undesirable elements there and things like that. So they weren't keen about who are these people with their little home-built airplanes coming into here. Uh, well, there were some business leaders that stood up for them. There was Steve Whitman stood up for them. And eventually the county said, okay, we'll give you a shot at this. And so in 1970, they came here. And so most of the winter of 1969 and the spring of 1970 was spent with EAA volunteers picking rocks from where the showgrounds are now. And basically that first year in 1970, the showgrounds were where warbirds are now, not quite to where Boeing Plaza is now. So basically, Wacaw Avenue was the south line of that, and Knapp Street was the east line of the whole thing. And so it's about one-eighth of the size it is now. And so that was the first one in 1970. And so they went on every year. They'd pack up the headquarters in Milwaukee, come up to Oshkosh, set up the show for a couple of months, then go back to Milwaukee for the headquarters. And they eventually said, you know, this is, we should really consolidate operations someplace. So they started looking around. Uh, Missouri was an opportunity um, around St. Louis area. Uh, EA owned some land in Burlington, Wisconsin at the time. And they talked with the city fathers there, and the citizens really didn't want the fly-in, so okay. And so, again, the business community here in Oshkosh came and said, hey, you know, we'd love to have the fly-in and the headquarters and the museum all be here. So they approved that in the early 1980s, built the building you see today at EAA. And um, in 83, late 83, they came up here. And so now for 40 years, the headquarters has been here in Oshkosh. And that's how it all came to be. Wow. That's a long answer to a very short question. No, but you know what? I think it's the answer so many people would want to know, mm-hmm. right? Because it, I've always thought that, and I know I'm not the only one who, who has thought that. Like, how did it get here of all places? Yeah, and it's uh, a little bit of happenstance, a little bit of fate, uh, a little bit of right people in the right place. Um, you know, and again, having the runways shaped like an L instead of an X, you know, all of those things work together. <laughs> the universe has a funny way of working. Yep. <laughs> all right. We're going to move on to the next segment. The next segment is the Kosh Hidden Gems. This is your opportunity to share with us about something um, that you think is a gem in Oshkosh or the surrounding Fox Cities region. It could be a thing that everybody knows. And maybe they don't know this one thing about it, or maybe it's just something people look at every day and they just aren't thinking about it. Yeah. I'll tell you the one thing that I absolutely love, and I mentioned I was a cyclist before, the Wywash Trail. Absolutely. It is a gem because you can go from the campus and go to Hortonville and never be except for a little stretch right on the north side of Lake Butamore, on any public road, you are on a trail. And it's devoted to walkers, to bikers, to people walking their dogs, to horses, everything else. Uh, One of my favorite parts of it is actually on the north side of Lake Butamore, uh, coming approximately from uh, the 4145 interchange and coming to Fox River Brewing. Because you come along that mile, couple miles right there, it's gorgeous in the fall. You've got the leaf canopy and the multicolors. Um, it's quiet because you've got the lake on one side. You've got Riverside Cemetery on the other. Neighbors don't complain. So you just keep going and then you end up in the neighborhood. <laughs> and so it's, you know, it, you know, that has always been for me. I said, wow, I can leave my house, go out to the Wyawash, and I can go from Oshkosh to Hortonville on a trail. And a really nice trail too, not a 
you know, not any big hills because it's an old railroad bed. And so I, I've always found that a hidden gem that people should enjoy and so forth. Um, so we're blessed with that. Um, another one, uh, and I'll say this, and I've, and I've got friends who work there, hidden gem we have is now um, our weekly paper, the Oshkosh Herald. I, I, I enjoy it because it is something, that, yeah, it, it brings it in. You know, and, and Gannett, we can stay for another hour and talk about what big companies have done to mass media out there. But, um, you know, to have people locally say, no, we believe in Oshkosh, we're going to start a paper, we're going we're gonna to look at the community and do that. And, and that's one. Uh, I mentioned Jazz Fest before. I think it's a hidden gem. I, I think people, if you haven't been there, you should go because it is it is great. And the other one I'm going to give an unbashed plug for ourselves, uh, Pioneer Airport. We've got a little facility behind our museum that have hangars that all summer, every day, we go flying. And people can come in and... They can go flying. For real? For real. We will put you in a 1928 biplane and let you get the wind in your hair and the bugs in your teeth and everything else. And, uh, you know, kids 8 and 17 can get a free Young Eagles flight there, weather permitting. And we take off right behind the museum on the grass strip there. And you fly for 15 minutes and the, the kids' flights are free. And so you come in and... Now you're a young eagle, and we expose them to aviation that way. And it's a hidden gem. It's the ultimate interactive museum experience. You know, virtual reality, nothing. This is real reality. So you get to um, actually go up in this great biplane, you know, for the adults or in an airplane flown by professional pilots who volunteer their time uh, to get kids interested in aviation. And it's right there. Wow. I've never heard of that. Yeah. See, now that's a new one. There, there, there's a hidden gem right there. So we encourage people to come on out and it's, um, so when, know. when exactly is it open? I'm going to assume basically during summer, during the summer. Yeah. Um, we'll open up, um, in the weekends in May this year, there's a, a national intercollegiate flight, uh, competition coming to Oshkosh. Um, a lot of spot landing and things. There'll be collegiate teams from across the nation coming to Oshkosh in May. And so Memorial Day weekend, we'll open up Pioneer Airport. And we are open every day uh, there. And until about five days before AirVenture starts. And then close down because, for instance, the Goodyear Blimp lands at Pioneer Airport and is parked there. And uh, so, <laughs> and uh, you know, it's always fun having a blimp in the backyard. And then, um, then we open up a couple days after AirVenture again and then fly through Labor Day every single day. And then we're open on weekends through September and early October. And it's, come on out, look at the hangars. We've got about 40 vintage aircraft on display out there, uh, along with everything in the museum. And it's something that's just an addition. It's included with museum admission. The Young Eagles flights are free, weather permitting. And then if the biplane is operating that day, that's a little extra cost, about 75 bucks. You'll go up in a 90-year-old biplane. That's crazy. It's fun. I <laughs> Wait, yeah. So I take it you've gone. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it. I'm trying to figure out what timber do it. <laughs> sure, it's fun. I've never, we've never had anybody come down who isn't smiling. They're going, you know, they, they're just, you know, you don't have anybody who's locked into the edge, going, oh my goodness, get me down in a hurry. No, they come back and go, wow, that was cool. That's the way people flew a hundred years ago. You were in the open cockpit, and off you went. Okay. Yeah. All right. That might be, uh, I might put that on the there bucket you list. Go. You got to go do that one. Okay. Yeah. That's on the bucket list now. Yeah. Um, 
what's the kosh need? Oh, you know, what the kosh needs, and I know a lot of people, when you get that question, you get, okay, we need a Trader Joe's, we need a Whole Foods, you know, things like that. <laughs> you know, right. I'm going, no, uh, you know, what, the first thing I always think we need is, is there a good way to get from the west side of town to the east side of town on a bicycle? Not really. That's a, that's a really good question. <laughs> yeah. And it's something that uh, you look at because um, anybody who's taken a bicycle through a roundabout knows the spirit of adventure you must have to do that. <laughs> I ain't doing it. Oh, it's, um, <laughs> that's no. it's, it's excitement, I can tell you. And, um, you know, and right now there really is no path. If you think of all the crossings that you have um, started, you know, Highway 21 and go to 9th and you know, go to Witzel and, you know, all the rest of them going across. You know, 20th is the only one that's a, a straight shot that's a bridge with a sidewalk uh, until you get down to 44. All of those streets are busy. All five of those crossings, you know, in between Highway 44 and Highway 21 are busy interchanges. Is there a way that pedestrians and Cyclists, and I'm not talking about you know the two percent body fat cyclist people doing thirty miles an hour. I'm saying you know you've got mom, dad, the kids just want to ride. Let's say, is there a safe way to get down to Menominee Park? Right. Um, you know, if there was a way, I think it'd be used. I, I, every town I've seen put those in uh, has been very successful. Um, you go down between. Appleton and Menasha across 441. There's a bridge there for cyclists and pedestrians that they can get across that. Uh, you go through a neighborhood and cross and go into another neighborhood and, and cross 441 over the top. Uh, so those things can be done. Uh, I see it at uh, CB uh, in between Kimberly and Kakana. They have some tunnels underneath uh, County CB. Uh, take the trail so you don't have to cross the road. You cross under the road and you pop up in the other side for those neighborhoods. So how do we do that in Oshkosh? And, uh, you know, that's one thing that I've, I've looked at and go, boy, if you want to create connectivity for the community from west to east, that would be so helpful in doing it. Uh, and, you know, is there an answer? Yeah, there are brighter civic engineers than I'm out there that uh, can think about those kind of things. But that'd be my number one. That's a really good thought, though. I, I, I don't ride bikes like mm-hmm. that. So, but you're right. All those other streets, they're they're really busy. It's busy, you know, and it's, uh, you know, Oshkosh is a beautiful community, but when you have a river and a lake, and okay, you've got this much land, and you have to figure out how you're going to move traffic through it. Right. And, um, you know, and anybody who's gone through the 4121 roundabouts knows that <laughs> it's okay. You know, it's uh, and not even on a bicycle, in a if, car, if there, you, there's a lot going on. If you try to walk across those, oh, it's, it's it's a little, uh, it's, it feels it's a little Indiana yeah. Jones-ish, <laughs> you know. It's just missing the big boulder coming down. And and it just is, it's an adventure. It's an adventure. <laughs> so that'd be number one, I guess. You know, that's, uh, and, and probably... For a lot of us, you know, a greater appreciation of what we have here uh, in a lot of ways. You know, it's, um, and, I'll, and I'll go from, we were talking about some of the concerts and some of the things that are available outdoors. Um, some of the great uh, community things that we have from the university to, you know, local arts and, and, and things like that. Uh, you right. know, our friends up at the Payne and, and the Oshkosh Public Museum, the tremendous facilities. Uh, you know, uh, an appreciation for that. Uh, many times, those of us who live in an area 
get this native blindness that, oh, yeah, it's always there. I'll go see it sometime. Or you just ignore it. You just ignore it. You just flat out ignore it. And you shouldn't. You know, and so what, what the pain did with the, the light, you know, the, the spirit of light, I, I don't know if I've got the title right, but, you know, last year with that, you go in there and that was incredible. <laughs> you know, what a show that was. And, you know, I hope, you know, and everybody who went through it said the same thing, like, wow. That was not what I expected. That was more than I expected. And, um, you know, those type of things are right there. And uh, and when I think about like that, or, you know, I go to a UW Oshkosh basketball game, men and women, both, you know, tremendous programs. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and some nights there, there just aren't many people there. And there should be. You know, we've got a nationally recognized basketball we program. We got national champions. We got national champions for men and women. I mean, you know, what Matt Lewis and Brad Fisher have done there are you know, just tremendous, you know, and the, uh, you know, those type of things. And, you know, a lot of those are home area kids and uh, they're there playing and it's, it's a lot of fun and it's cheap entertainment, good time. And um, so again, sometimes just appreciating what we have here is, is so important to, to actually make that better sense of community. Couldn't agree more. Yeah. All right. I think we're going to take a quick little commercial break. Did you know there are children in the Fox Valley in need of hearing aids, but their parents struggle to provide them because of lack of insurance or high copays? I am Juliette Sturkins, audiologist and board member of Here in the Fox Cities, and proud that this small local nonprofit organization has helped fund hearing aids for some 30 kids. Your donation would help more children hear. Visit hereinthefoxcities.org to learn more and to see their smiles. Every child deserves to hear. Okay, we're back. Um, so we're going to jump into a new segment. We're trying out something new, Dick, because okay. you're here. But this is <laughs> oh boy. Uh, but you know what? I think it's it's something I've always wanted to incorporate into the cash and so i do think this is the right time to start it okay all right are you ready i'll fly in blindly that's all right hey (laughs) this segment is called story time and it's for story time what we would like is in this case some narratives some narratives of cool or interesting things that have happened in your 30 years oh boy well, you, yeah, there's no, just, no way you then, do 30 years and there's just yeah. not something that you're like, oh. <laughs> yeah, and, I, and I'm trying to think of, you know, uh, just to narrow it down to a few stories because, you know, you, you talk about EA Air Venture. There, there are so many of them that, that pop up. And there's so many times that people ask us, how did you guys do that? And it's Oshkosh. It's just. We it happens. Like, like it's magic. It's magic. It's the, just the, the, the elves, yeah, the elves come out at night, and suddenly, boom, there it is. And um, but there, there are a few of them. Um, I, I go back on third year on staff, nineteen ninety four. Um, we wanted to have a salute to the twenty fifth anniversary of the Apollo eleven moon landing, and so our president Tom Poberesny at the time um, was in contact with some of the Apollo astronauts, many of whom are EA members because they're pilots as well. And it talked to Neil Armstrong and said, well, there were 600,000 people who worked on the Apollo program. And if you didn't invite all, if you don't invite all the Apollo astronauts, I'm not coming. Bruh. Yeah. So 
Tom swallowed hard and went, okay, there are 25 surviving Apollo astronauts at the time. Okay, let's invite them all. We got 15 of them to show up. NASA got three to show up at their event for the 25th anniversary. So <laughs> um, that night, uh, to have 15 Apollo astronauts and at least one member from every single crew of every single mission talk about it, uh, we were scheduled to be at Theater in the Woods for the evening program for one hour. It lasted two because the guys started telling stories about each other. And that got really good. Yeah, well, you should have seen when Borman did this this time, and that uh, didn't work, and we had to go back and fix the whole thing. because you know, And, and those kind of stories came up. Um, in 2017, and I tell people, I said, you know, they said, well, so what's it like during Air Venture? Well... I remember one day in 2017 that we had the Blue Angels flying at Oshkosh for the very first time. Tremendous Navy demonstration team. Uh, Stan Lee, the inventor of Spider-Man, was Ooh. giving us a superhero to use in our Young Eagles program named Avior. Mm. He donated a superhero through his foundation, said, yep, I'm giving this to you. So Stan was there, had that. Um, we had seven Apollo astronauts for a reunion there, had an evening program with them that evening. And watching the Stan Lee program, the news conference with him, standing by himself with his in-laws and his, his kids wearing sunglasses and a hat was Jeff Bezos because he brought his Blue Origin rocket booster to the thing that year. And people go, my God, what was that day like? It was Friday. And then on Saturday, the president of Botswana showed up. Now, you know, Botswana, small, landlocked African country, um, Ian Kama was a military pilot, flies ultralights, has flown in air shows, had always wanted to come to Oshkosh. And so he timed, <laughs> he timed his visit to the States for late July so he could come to Oshkosh. So he came to Oshkosh, and as with any visiting head of state, the Secret Service comes with him, and so does their their military security. So there were several bodies with him, and planning that goes into that and everything else. Well, President Kama went down to the ultralight area down in the south end of the field. And he saw uh, an airplane called the Air Cam, which is a two-seat airplane which has open seats. You are sitting in the seat. The pilot and the passenger are sitting in the seats, and there is no, you've got a windshield, but there is no walls around you. It's basically a shaft with seats on it and wings with engines behind you. And he said, this is, this is a great aircraft. We can use this in our anti-poaching initiative. Uh, we can put people with cameras up there, put troops with guns up there, because they do not like poachers in Botswana. They, they tell them, we will shoot poachers. Okay. And uh, so he goes, can I get a flight in that? And all the security people said, no, 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 Mr. President, you can't go flying out here. You know, we, we weren't planning for that. Oh, okay. So he goes off. Five minutes later, he somehow loses the security detail and comes back talks to the pilot, and before you know it, they're buckled up and they're taking off. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> so the Secret Service and the military security comes back about five minutes later and goes, have you seen President Kama? Well, yes, we have. Where is he? Right there. Right up there. He's flying by right now. And uh, so that was you know, just uh, one of those things that he wanted to go flying, so he went flying. Yeah. And um, uh, Like we're going to tell the president, uh, he can't go that, flying. That's right, yeah. And they did, but he didn't listen. So it was just one of those, oh, yeah. That's Oshkosh right there. Um, one of my personal favorites uh, probably was 2007. Um, 
Morgan Freeman ended up on the grounds. What? Yep. We and had Morgan Freeman in Oshkosh. Morgan Freeman was in Oshkosh. He is, he's, he's got a pilot certificate, so mm. he is a licensed pilot. And he had a buddy out in Denver that um, said, you know, I'm going to Oshkosh. Would you like to come along for a couple of days? And Morgan said, sure. So, well, we found out he was here, and I knew the media uh, was going to show up and, and try to talk to Morgan Freeman. So I went, you know, I said, can we get word? Can we get him for 20 minutes to do a media thing with the reporters, and then we'll tell the media, leave him alone after that. You had your shot. And he came back and said, yeah, he'll do it. So we arranged a time at the, at the press center. And um, so got him there. And he stopped at the press center. I said, hey, Mr. Freeman, very nice to meet you. Well, it's great to be here in that Morgan Freeman voice. Now, everybody's imagining that right now. It's coming yes. out in the Morgan Freeman voice. And so we did 20 minutes. He talked about flying. He talked about being at Oshkosh. And it was really very pleasant. And I had an intern, a UW Oshkosh student at the time who was my intern, and he was a rugby player. He was about 6'4", 215, shaped like a V. And Craig asked, what do you want me to do? Well, I'll make sure you get to meet Morgan Freeman, but I need you to stand as we exit to the left of the stage to make sure the media doesn't crowd in there and ask more questions. I need you to stand there and be large. That's all I need out of you. Just be large. Okay. And so, sure enough, we got done. We got uh, Morgan Freeman coming off the stage. Craig was beautiful. He was large. He was just a no new media. We're going to pass Craig at that point. And um, got him in the golf cart, got ready to go. I said, Craig, come over here. You know, Craig, Morgan Freeman. You know, Mr. Freeman, this is Craig, our intern. He made sure the media didn't come and bother you. I said, oh, very, thank you very much. I really appreciate it. Uh, you know, appreciate all the work you did in the Morgan Freeman voice. And then so he drives <laughs> off and <laughs> Craig just goes... That was so cool. <laughs> and you see, he works out in Arizona now, and he says, I usually tell that story once a month to the people out in Arizona when we start talking about, okay, who's the most famous person you ever met? And he says, Morgan Freeman. Where do you meet him? In Oshkosh. In Oshkosh. <laughs> it doesn't add up. It doesn't add it up. It doesn't add up. <laughs> so, so those are some of the narratives that come up. I mean, the, the story time, the, the, people, uh, the people who come from around the world, it's... Um, the people you run across when you know you put them in a baseball hat and sunglasses and they look like everybody else out there and so you you can hide people pretty well and um so you know those are some funny things you know we've had opportunities to work like um with um american pickers the tv program came to the museum one time and, oh yeah and that's uh, cool it was it was cool they they wanted they were doing a tour through wisconsin and they wanted to come up and they wanted to, they heard we had a lot of artifacts. And they wanted to come picking. They wanted to come picking and, and they did. And they said, you know, we want to be inconspicuous. We're not even going to put any signs on our van. We're just going to be there and show up. And, uh, you know, so we'll just do our thing and have the crew there. And you know, we don't want to make a big deal out of that it. That was going to be my question. Did they actually shoot an episode yeah. or? Yep. Uh, 2013. Yeah. You can still find it online. And okay. You, and uh, it was funny because they said, okay, inconspicuous. We're going to keep it on the down low. We're just barely going to tell the staff about it. That's going to be it. Well, that worked really well until that day. And suddenly there's the van that says, you know, antique archaeology or whatever it says on the side. And there's there are the two guys standing out front posing for photos and signing autographs. And then went, okay, inconspicuous. I can scratch that off the list. Don't worry about that anymore. And because uh, they're standing out there having a great old time in front of the museum. But uh, so, yeah, we had that. Um, our B-17 bomber was on Pawn Stars um, back in about 10 years ago. Uh, it was out in Las Vegas and... 
they heard about it, and so the old man wanted to go flying in the B-17 bomber. So sure enough, we got him on the B-17 bomber, and there we the were. The old man show. went? Yep, the old man that went. That is and amazing. So, yeah, he and bro. Chumley went. And so it's, well, of course, Chumley went. <laughs> yeah, and so <laughs> Chumley had to drive the old man out there. But, uh, you know, those type of things are, are just some of those things like, you know, you look at 30 years on this job and you go, boy, some of those weird experiences that happen, you just can't. You, you, you can't make this stuff up. <laughs> it just happens. <laughs> no, I'm still hung up on Morgan Freeman. Yeah, it was a good day. I'll put it that way. There's a good, that was a good day. <laughs> All right. Thank you. Thank you for being the first to actually okay. do the story time yeah. segment. That's fantastic. That is fantastic. <laughs> okay, so I'm, I'm debating. So, okay, we've got a choice because we're going to try something else new later. Okay. But... I do we go into topic of the week or do we go into questions from people from uh, from Kosh listeners? I, I'm willing to go to the questions. I mean, that's, you, that's should fun. we do the questions? Yeah. Let's do the questions okay. and then we'll go into topic of the week. That works. Let's go. Okay. So, um, because you you were coming, I put out a question out on Facebook. Okay. And said, hey, I got a special guest coming from EAA. Okay. What are your questions? Let's, you know, let's do some questions. So I've never done this one before either. Okay. So, okay. So the, here are the questions that came in and, and I was uh, very proud of the cash listeners. Okay. Question one, what's the best way for the community to partner with EAA? They have amazing assets that can benefit the broader community. And maybe they don't even know some of the stuff that EA is already doing. Yeah. And they probably don't. And there are a lot of things. Uh, one of the big things that come immediately to mind, and again, we could go on for a while on this. Uh, one of the things that comes to mind is the brand new education center that just um, opened up in July, you know, 30,000 square feet. Uh, the upper 15,000 square feet is a youth education center. We've got computer labs and a wind tunnel and uh, 3D printers and things like that. And we're bringing classroom groups in uh, to do that. And so if there are schools out there that want to partner, want to put aviation in their curriculum, um, here's an opportunity to do it. All the STEM stuff, the science, technology, math, and so forth. Uh, you know, that's one option. Uh, another one comes to mind. You know, we, we do work with a number of organizations uh, each year. Uh, some of them, I, I mentioned Sacred Heart before at AirVenture. Uh, we have other groups uh, that come out and sell drinks on the flight line. You know, it gets pretty hot on the flight line. You usually do a pretty, Facts. <laughs> Facts. You do a pretty good business out there. But you know, we work with some of the groups, you know, like the YMCA, Boys and Girls Clubs, things like that, to come out and, and sell sodas and water and things out, and, and they get a cut from it. So we partner with the community doing something on that line as well. Um, some of the things we've done, for instance, the Special Olympics, uh, every year we host the world's largest truck convoy that comes in. It's a fundraiser, usually has about 120 to 160 semis come rolling in one Saturday in September. They come up from the Milwaukee area, come up 41, and then go to our nature center behind the museum and park there and park all over the place, actually, by the time we get them all parked. Um, but they use that as a fundraiser each year. And you know, we donate the grounds to do that. So um, there are ways to do it. And you know, we support um, local communities, functions, everything from school fundraisers to, you know, to church fundraisers and things like that with various donations. Um, so, you know, we, we try to help out as much as we can. If there are other ways to do it, 
we actually have an employee committee that looks at all the ideas and requests that we get each month. And we usually get about 30 to 50 of them uh, between donation requests and other ideas. And um, we take a look at them and see what might be workable. Sometimes the things they'd like take place in July. Um, that's not going to quite work. But it's uh, <laughs> we, we got this thing, would, you know, we got to do. I would <laughs> think the month before and the month after, yeah. probably. <laughs> and so, but there are opportunities. You know, we love being in Oshkosh. Um, you know, a lot of our employees are volunteers in the community right now and do that. So, you know, we're always looking for those opportunities. What's out there? What can we do? Where do they reach out to? Best thing to do, feel free to reach out to me, you know, at EA headquarters. Um, and just contact us and say, hey, I want to talk to Napinski there in communications. And, um, you know, and, 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 you know, I'll, and, you know, we'll send an email to me, something like that. And just, you know, get us, uh, and I'll even say, you know, send it to communications at EA.org because I look at that mailbox four or five times a day. And if there are ideas there, we'll take them forward. Um, you know, I can make no guarantees other than, yeah, we'll look at every single one of them and, and see if there's a possibility. Uh, there have been times we've helped out with reading programs in the Oshkosh schools and sent people in to do reading in the junior highs and the elementary schools and so forth. And so, you know, we're always open to those kind of ideas. Okay. Next question. Flying cars. When? (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Um, Yeah, ever since the Wright brothers, people have wanted to put together a car and an airplane. The engineering of cars and the engineering of airplanes pretty much for the past hundred years has assured you'll get a pretty bad car and a pretty bad airplane all combined. (laughs) So, uh, you know, there've been a few attempts, the aero car, we've got the prototype in our museum. Uh, that was somewhat successful. Um, you know, quick little story. When we got that, we had one of our pilots who was a a Navy carrier pilot and a corporate pilot with like 20,000 hours of experience, fly it, um, just to get some video footage. And he came back and said don't make me fly that again and uh, that was the end of that and, uh, so so we put it in the museum that's where it's been since um things are out there it's called urban air mobility there are some uh, matter of fact we had the terra fusia here about i want to say seven or eight years ago and they drove it out to the runway the wings popped out and they went flying for a while so they do exist three things have to happen for flying cars to exist first of all the engineering uh, you have to get the engineering right because the things that you have for a car, like a wide wheelbase to hold the road and set that up, uh, are different than the engineering things you need for an airplane, which is like this sleek model that slices through the air to be most efficient. So you've got to combine the engineering somehow to make it all work. Uh, Number two is the regulations. Uh, Sometimes the engineering is way in front of the regulations. For instance, to get your license to operate this vehicle, do you go to the FAA to get a pilot's license or do you go to the DMV to get a driver's license? Ooh. Yeah, I mean, simple things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's an airplane, but it's a car too, so you need a turn blinker. You don't need a turn blinker on an airplane. All of these things come into play, you know, that are requirements on cars that you have to have. You have to have bumpers on cars. 
You don't need a bumper in an airplane. You know, all of this goes back to the engineering. And number three is consumer acceptance. And that means people say, oh, I want one of those or I need one of those. Everything from microwave ovens to cell phones, it's moved from I want one of those to I need one of those at some point. And what point does that take place? And what's the price point for this type of vehicle? Right. So I would say the engineering is probably far ahead of the regulation and the consumer acceptance right now. I would love to have a flying car to take off from EAA, fly over all the traffic on Highway 41, and land close to my house. But again, do you do you take off from the street in front of your house, or do you take off from an airport? Do you have to drive to an airport to take off? I mean, all of those things have to be considered before flying cars become commonplace. I will say we're probably closer to the Jetsons right now than at any time in our history, we're still a little ways away yet. Yeah, that's fair. Okay. I'm going to say I'm just good staying on the ground. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Next question. I just became an EAA member. Yes, I finally took the plunge. All right. Thank you. What can I expect? Okay. Some things to expect. First of all, if you're in the cash, the museum is open to you year-round. It's your museum. Come. You have paid and you can get in all the times you want. Come every day if you want. And so that's part of it. Um, so all the the events and so forth, come on in. Um, members get things, um, a lot of it's aviation related. We've got a monthly magazine, about 140 pages, full color, a lot of great aviation stories in it. Uh, that comes, that's part of your membership as well. Um, opportunities for like a lot of membership organizations, we've got deals with people ranging from Ford to John Deere and things that would give you a benefit for being a member. Um, and you get the best discount of anybody for admission to Air Venture. So, you know, you'll, you'll save probably 40% over what the general public will pay to get to Air Venture. So, you know, those are some of the attributes there. And um, you're also in a community where you have 270,000 kindred spirits who like airplanes, like the people around airplanes, and, and like being part of it. And so those type of things are, are some of the initial ones. And um, if I hear from that person, I would love to give them the entire list because we could fill some stuff for a while with that. They would love to get the list. Okay. <laughs> if you want to just send that to me, I'm, okay. I, I'll, I'll hook okay. them up. <laughs> they go to ea.org and get the whole list too. So There you uh, go. Okay. When does it begin, the planning each year? Does it take a village? Uh, what does it all entail in performers that attend, such as military, privately owned aircraft, uh, and the mass arrival the Sunday before opening the day? <laughs> Who, what, and how decides? Yes, uh, would be the answer to all of those questions. It starts, <laughs> actually... I would say the final day of each year's air venture. So planning for 2023 actually began the final day of 2022 because our volunteers, we, we get feedback from them. What worked? What didn't work? And let's have a quick debrief. And before you leave, when it's still fresh in your mind, tell us and write all that down. Uh, we spend a month getting feedback from guests and exhibitors and people who participated. And so while we're catching our breath in August, we gather all of this and start to put that together. Uh, then, then we start planning, saying, okay, what are some of the big things in aviation? Are there big anniversaries taking place? Uh, are there new airplanes coming out that want to come to Oshkosh and things like that? So you start planning for that. 
Um, the airshow people, there's a big convention of the airshow community. It's the International Council of Airshows, and it takes place in Las Vegas, first part of December every year. And we go out there and we talk to all the airshow performers, and we, we get who we'd like to come back, and we often get airshow performers running over to our exhibit to say, I want to fly at Oshkosh. It's not quite that easy just saying, I want to fly at Oshkosh. There's a process, so we'll, we'll put you through that. Uh, but then we start planning that. Um, we start reaching out to some of the military community. Mm. And some of the military community reaches out to us. And it's one of those cool things saying, you almost can hear them saying, I've got the week off and I can take the work car. <laughs> <laughs> which happens to be an F-16, you know, and um, uh, which leads to one of my favorite stories again. I don't want to get too far off the track, but um, a guy by the name of Chad Spellman grew up in Oshkosh. Uh, his parents owned Spellman Marina on the river for years. He went to the Navy, became a naval aviator. And so he came back, and he had the opportunity to fly the F-15 back to Oshkosh and be here for the show. So he came in that day, and I always remember this, that he came in, uh, there were four F-15s came in together, and they did two passes together. And then his three buddies broke off and let Chad have the last one by himself. And he landed... And what he didn't know as he turned into the ramp is we had put his mom in the orange safety vest with the paddles to bring him in. Oh, my God. So he looked out the cockpit, and here's his mom waving him in to park. And, you know, that's one of those moments that's just like, that's cool that we could do that. And, uh, you know, so those are, those are the things that you think about. And, you know, we get military reaching out to us. And then, you know, the exhibitors have new aircraft and things like that. Uh, this time of year, we're starting to talk to our volunteer chairman about the areas. What do you need? What, what projects have to take place? Things like that. So we have projects that we start in the fall before the snows come. And now once the snow melts, it's really going to kick into gear. And then... We start getting volunteers coming out as early as April and May to start helping us out. They come from around the country. A lot of them fly in and help out for the weekend, then fly back home after the weekend. And so this whole city starts to emerge again. And I saw on the countdown clock, it was like 156 days uh, in you know at the end of the week. And I went, oh boy, okay. And uh, it's one of those moments, but it, it is. It, it takes... Um, I'd say it takes a city. It takes more than a village because, you know, we're working with the FAA to make sure the air traffic is settled. Uh, all of those things take place, and it's a year-round operation. No doubt. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it, it just seems massive. It, is it, just, massive. it just seems massive, massive. Well, you know, we, we tell uh, our first-year people and our interns every year, I said, one thing you have to understand, this is done no place else in the world at this size. Nobody else does this. There isn't another one. You can't say, oh, in Dubai, they do that. No, there isn't one like this that brings in that amount of people and airplanes in one place about aviation. Mm. Bruh. <laughs> That's all you can say. <laughs> okay, last question. Mm -hmm. How do people of color and women fit in the culture? What does EAA do to change its reputation on not welcoming diversity and becoming a more welcoming workplace? That is a great question. And there are actually a couple of levels to that. And it's something that everybody should think about because 
Patty Wagstaff, the airshow pilot, put it really best one time. Somebody asked her about being a three-time national aerobatic champion. And the aerobatic flight championships, they don't have a male and female division. Everybody competes together. And she was national champion three years in a row. And somebody asked her about that. And she said, the airplane doesn't care. Mm. And, And so, you know, let's start there. And there is certainly, and probably correctly in many cases, a perception of aviation, and hence EAA or any other aviation organization, of being older white guys. Okay, what do we do to change that? Part of that is happening on our local chapter level, and I'll take that first within the membership. Um, For instance, we have a, a scholarship program where local chapters can reach out to young people who are interested in aviation and express that interest, and they can get a full flight training scholarship. And so that starts them on that path okay. to get there. Um, we have something called Women Venture. It takes place at AirVenture every year where we invite all women involved in aviation whatsoever. And the group photo is always great. And we get about 600 to 1,000 women aviators in front of some big airplane. It might be a 747. It might be a, the DC-5. It might be you know, or C-5. It might be anything like that. And get them in front. And what we want to do is give people a view of, yes, there are women in aviation, and these are the people you should talk to if you want to get involved in it and have that mentoring relationship to get them started there. Uh, Another thing we have is a girl venture camp right at the start of our venture. Uh, NBC came out and did a story on it last year, and it's really fun. We've got girls from throughout the nation come, and they spend three days there, and they're listening to mentors. They might be women Air Force pilots. It might be women from NASA. It might be women involved flying for the airlines right now. How did they get their start? Where did they get to where they want to be? And so hence, you as that 16, 17-year-old girl out there, what do I have to do to get there? And that path actually is more open than it ever has been before because a lot of the biases are dropping away. Um, So those programs are out there, and they're starting to develop, and we want to develop them more. Um, What we found from Young Eagles uh, we've flown 2.3 million kids now in 30 years that a lot of the kids who are flown and some of the chapters reaching out to the communities of color or some of the underprivileged kids or some of the, the inner city schools and things like that, some of those kids are starting to make their way and becoming pilots and getting involved in aviation. So, again, we're open to ideas. What what can we do next to kind of open that door a little wider? Um Second tier of that, I guess, has to do, and I heard it in the question, about the workplace. It's very true. How do we do that? How do you create a workplace that is open to that? Um, I guess the best I'll have to say is that's a work in progress. And it's something that you look around, and it's true in many places in the Fox Valley, as the Fox Valley changes. Facts. Yeah, it it changes. (laughs) How does it how do you become inclusive in that? Because it always comes back to people have a tendency to hire people who look like them. And, you know, okay. And people tend to apply to places where exactly it looks, it's people that look like them too. And that's, that's the other challenge, right? It it is, you know, and you know, I've, I've worked in, in media in the Valley and, and they've got the same situation that how do you do that? And, you know, and I've thought about that sometimes too. And, you know, 
with our intern program? Do we start there? Do we start to get them interested in that and start to develop it that way? Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, do you start to to find those people? And, and you're right. You're absolutely right, Timber, about people apply to places that they think they will be accepted and will have a good experience. Okay, there's part of the answer. How do we create a good experience? What does a good experience look like? How do we find people that can explain to us what a good experience looks like? Now, some of this is, you know, at my pay grade. Some of it's above my pay grade. Some of it, they tell me, stay in your lane on that. But no, I'm not really good at that. So it will just, um, you know, it's a great question. I wish I had a better answer for it, but it's an answer that I hope we do have a better answer for it as we go down the road. I just always hope that people are thinking yeah. and remembering that we're changing. We are changing. And and mm-hmm. it's so important. Yep. Um, and I do like the idea of if if there's not presence now, let's go to our youth and yep. give them opportunities, whether those internships, trainings, um, right. um education workshops, whatever they look like, mm-hmm. um, and let them come in in that space. Yeah, a great story from last summer, and we worked with American Airlines on this one. They had the opportunity to fly 100 kids, um, 100 black kids from, I think, Chicago Boys and Girls Club, and I have to remember the organization, what it was, but they worked with the black aviation professionals and got them up to Air Venture for a day mm. and start exploring the airplanes, and they had... They took them around as a group and had presentations for them and said, this is available to you. And guess what? There's scholarship money out there for you too, if you want to do this. And, you know, that was so successful. We're going, okay, who else do we get to do that? Because they come in. Now, first of all, coolest thing in the world, at least in my consideration, you're you're a a kid, a 14-year-old kid, you're flying in an airliner, maybe the first time in your life, up to Oshkosh, you're landing where there's 5,000 other airplanes there, and you get off in the middle of the grounds, and you look around and go, oh, my goodness, what is this place? And it's something you've never experienced before. Right. You know, what kind of door is that that now opens to you that said, that's out there? That's possible. That's possible. And, and that's, that's probably a lot of it, Timber, saying, okay, how do we introduce to what is possible to make that happen? I think that's totally it. Yeah. I, I think opportunity is missed at not doing there's opportunity right what's possible yeah and sometimes in the rush of things especially let's say at air venture the rush of things you're so busy trying to get the stuff that you've done before done and so it gets done on time and everything else so when you start it's all done that you forget about these things and how do we improve that system yeah and that's something that we should think about um not only within our own walls as a staff, but with the the event and within the organization, where are those opportunities? We have 900 chapters throughout the country. You know, we know some of them are doing tremendous things, flying kids out there. And I know there's one in New Mexico that goes out to the reservations and, and flies those kids as young eagles. And so, okay, what do we do with them then? What's the next step? And um, and finding those ways and, and letting them discover What's possible in aviation? Yes. I've, I think the door is wide open. I hope thought is put into it. It just seems like a, such a great opportunity at this 
point. And again, the airplane doesn't care. The so let's make it. The airplane doesn't care. It is very, airplane's very non biased. Right. <laughs> that is fantastic. Thank you. Thank My you. My pleasure. That. No, it's a great question. It's, a, it's one we should think about. Okay. We are going to get ready to go into. Our topic of the week. I oh, love it. I Every love, time. love the bumper music. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't. It makes me happy. Yeah. Every time. All right. So now it is time for topic of the week. And Dick, this week's topic of the week is we're going to talk about the 70th anniversary of EAA, which is this year, and all the stuff going on throughout uh, the entire year at the museum. And, you know, everybody thinks about Air Venture, July 24th through the 30th. In case you're wondering, and uh, so, but. It, throughout the year, the things that start happening there, um, you know, we just had Winter Flight Fest um, on February 11th and you know, had close to a thousand people come out and lots of hands-on stuff and activities for kids and so forth. Um, you know, we have something coming up. Uh, we mentioned Pioneer Airport before. I've got a fundraiser for um, our education programs in the museum coming up March 11th, and I'm going to make an unabashed pitch shot for it right now, that it's called Flight at the Museum. Uh, we're working with TJ's Highland Steakhouse here in town and also Stone Arch Brewery. Uh, it's a five-course dinner. have uh, pairings with each course, special beer with each one, and then had Janet Planet and her band are going to be playing afterwards. So, And we have a reception before it with about 15 breweries out there. So tickets are available right now. Just... Um, Go to the EA website and look for Flight at the Museum, and we hope to see people there. So there's the pitch right there. And, uh, <laughs> but then, uh, you know, come on out. Uh, we've got something in October, you know, called Space Day. And uh, we usually bring somebody from NASA in to talk about space. And again, very family-oriented. Uh, one of my favorites always in December is Christmas in the Air, free open house. Usually about 3,000 people out. School groups are there. And, what? And, yep. It's free. Bring the family. And uh, we've got... Um, an open house, um, throw the museum doors open first Saturday in December. Uh, Santa Claus flies in by helicopter, lands there, talks to the kids. Um, again, a lot of school groups have um, their bands, their choruses, their madrigals uh, perform there. And uh, just a, a great deal of fun that we've had. It's been a tradition now ever since we opened the museum. So it's an absolutely free. And so those are some things. Uh, another thing we're doing, brand new online, and it's free as well, called Aero Educate. If you've got kids out there uh, who are interested in aviation and so forth, they can get on this, uh, start looking at projects that they can do, some things. If there are teachers out there, free curriculum guides for your classroom to bring the science, technology, engineering of, of aviation into your classroom. And so just go to aeroeducate.org, those type of things. Now, the fun stuff that we're doing for 70th anniversary this year, AirVenture. Yep. We are featuring it, of course, at AirVenture in July. Uh, we've got some fun stuff going on. Um, we're making a beer. What? Well, not, not uh, in. Yeah, other people are making oh, the beer for us. Yeah, I was, yeah, I was a, actually thought, I was yeah, like, oh. Yeah, we, <laughs> yeah we, 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 didn't, we didn't commandeer a hangar and start brewing stuff. It's, hey, uh, it's yeah. Oshkosh. You just it's, never you know. You just never know. But uh, <laughs> So look for that. Um, the plan is we're going to have um, a can a day during our venture saluting different parts of EAA and aviation. And it's um, it'll be available on the grounds, and also it'll be available in some retailers in the Oshkosh area. So look for it um, in that. So that'll be coming out later on in the spring, 
early summer. And uh, so they'll be featuring our 70th anniversary as well. So we're excited about it. You know, EA started, uh, Paul Poberezny and about 35 friends in January 1953 and got together. They wanted to start an airplane club and found out other people wanted to join too. And so from that, we're now 270,000 members, 900 chapters, a um, little fly-in thing that we do in the summer, and uh, all of that uh, takes place. So it is incredible. And when Paul was alive, you know, he said, I never thought it'd become this. You know, and, uh, but there are a lot of people who just look at aviation and, and still are either mystified, surprised, um, crazy about it, whatever it happens to be. And uh, you know, we, we want to encourage that. We want them to get involved in it. What's since it's the seventieth? What's the coolest thing happening? What What's the thing you don't want to miss? The thing I don't want to miss. Wow, um, you know, there's always some stuff. I know this year we're celebrating the centennial of U.S. carrier aviation, which means everything that flew off of carriers. Mm. We're asking to bring that. Uh, another thing for the 70th, we are looking to find all the airplanes, the 20, 21 airplanes that came to the first fly-in in Milwaukee in 1953. Mm. Far as we've been able to tell, there's still a dozen of them out there that are flying. We're going to invite them all and say, come on back for the 70th. You know, it's, mm. So we'll see how that works. Okay, that's kind of cool. That's kind of cool. I want to see that. You know, And this time of year is so much fun because... We don't know what we don't know yet. And um, there are going to be people in airplanes that suddenly show up. You know, in early June, they'll say, hey, I can bring this. Do you want to? Yeah, yeah, we want one of those. Yeah, bring it. And, uh, <laughs> does that happen? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it does. Um, it, oh, God. Oh, it happened. Um, Spaceship One back in 2005. Um, they were actually, the designer of it, Bert Rutan, um, okayed it to go into the National Air and Space Museum. And so they were going to fly it from California to Washington during that summer. And Bert, who's a longtime EA member, said, I'm not going to give it to you unless you stop at Oshkosh on the way there. So 2005, here comes Spaceship One, and um, its carrier ship, White Knight One, the first successful civilian space mission coming, landing on our runway. <laughs> and, and you don't see 100,000 people go stone silent very often, but it was like, wow. Now, interesting thing about that was that Sir Richard Branson was starting Virgin Galactic, on uh, the space tourism thing, about the same time, had the concept. And so who comes to see it there? Sir Richard Branson shows up and uh, does that. And so he's been at Oshkosh a couple of times. You know, it's just those crazy things that... Um, that happened, and that all came together. Um, Jeff Bezos and the and the rocket from in 2017, the Blue Origin rocket. Early June, they said, "Yeah, um, Mr. Bezos would like a photo of the rocket at Oshkosh." So, how do we make that happen? <laughs> <laughs> okay, <laughs> so it's a, and um, a 60 foot rocket goes on a big flatbed. And it would crush Walkaw Avenue. So we had to think of a different way to bring it in across the airport and stand it up. And standing up a 60-foot rocket takes a 120-foot crane. So you've got to get one of those. Um, you know, it's, it's these things that like, okay, you look at it and go, no, we're never going to be able, well, maybe we can do that one. Well, if we do that one, maybe we can do that one. And then that's how it all starts. Uh, <laughs> right? Yeah. So in other words, things pop up and the 
the thought process, the brainstorming starts to happen. It, it, it happens very quickly. Like, okay, who, who do we know that we can get to do this fast? <laughs> so that's so awesome. Yeah, I'll tell you one other thing. I'm looking forward to. I just want to just came to mind. Every year we do a um, what's called the Yellow Ribbon Honor Flight. We work with Old Glory Honor Flight up in mm, Appleton. Yes, and we fly a hundred Vietnam veterans um, off to Washington that day. They leave from Whitman. Fly there, come back right at the end of the air show. American Airlines brings them in, 737, 757, whatever. And they land there. And these guys didn't get much of a welcome when they came home from Vietnam. No. They come off the airplane, and there are 35,000 people waiting for them. Mm. And they get to come down between their families, have signs out there, their kids and grandkids, and... Uh, the UW Oshkosh football team comes out every year, helps us with some of the logistics of moving equipment around and everything else. And if there's a poignant moment each week of Air Venture, that's it. That Friday when they come back in and land and you can see them come off the airplane and just their their mouth goes agape and just like, wow. you know. And we tell them, welcome home. And that's all you have to do. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So, um, any last words about EA70? Oh, EA70. We're excited to do it again. You know, last year was such, and last year was such a successful event uh, in so many ways. Um, it, it was safe. Uh, we will never get seven days of weather like that ever, ever again in oh, the summer. <laughs> right. There was no superstorm that no. made everything a mud pit. We, we had one right before the start, but then it tried to rain on Wednesday evening for about 10 minutes and stopped. And that was it. And and so um, whatever weather God thing we have to do again this year, we're going to try. But it is... It's so exciting to be part of Oshkosh. It's our hometown. We tell people we, we love being in Oshkosh. That it's it, it generates so much excitement. And uh, the stories we hear from people who come to Oshkosh and the people in Oshkosh who tell us about the people they meet while those people are in Oshkosh. And uh, that's what makes it fun. All right. Thank you. Ah, gosh, listeners, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for spending time with us giving us your mind listening to this kind of fantastic conversation like i feel energized about this today um you know we're a work in progress so once again always feel free to reach out to us at um ask the at gmail.com once again that's ask the at gmail.com reach out to us ask to be a guest um let us know how you feel about the show um it's an open line of communication and I am the sole reader of those messages. So I just know they, they all get read. Um, I want to say, um, you know, if you want to be part of the show, we do have a voicemail line. Please feel free to leave us messages, send us shout outs. Um, let us talk to other Kosh listeners, whatever it is, feel free to leave us a message on our voicemail line. That is 920-385-9298. Once again, that is 920-385-9298. And lastly, Kosh listeners, we need help. We need your help. Please take a little time and fill out a, um, a response and let us know how we're doing. Uh, whether it's on Spotify or Apple Podcasts, give us a review. Um, good, bad, or indifferent, um, it helps. It helps people learn about us. 
it also helps us be a better us. So, um, you know, we do take every comment seriously and we do try to be better every time. All right. And now it is time to roll into what I like to refer to as my favorite part of the show. It is shout out time. Dick, you ready for shout outs? I'm ready for shout outs. Let's get the shout outs All right. in. All right. <laughs> All right. Shout outs. I want to send out. First of all, um, I want to send a, a shout out to our week's hangar aircraft maintenance crew. And here's why two years ago, our B 17 bomber that we take on national tour, um, had a, a problem and it was in Punta Gorda, Florida. It, um, they've been working on a great volunteer crew down there. It survived the hurricane that went through Punta Gorda. The hangar stood up as the rest of the hangars got knocked down for reasons beyond all understanding. But they trucked that airplane, took it apart. They've trucked that airplane on five different semis, got it in here earlier in February. Now they're going to fix everything, put it back together, hopefully have that beautiful airplane back in the air next year. So that's that's shout-out number one. Shout-out number two to our, our museum volunteers, our, our docents, more than 100 of them that spend their time, volunteer their time to show other people around the EA Museum throughout the entire year. Incredible job that they do all the time. Uh, the people of Oshkosh, I want to talk to um, Amy and Jody at the Oshkosh CVB, the people at the Oshkosh Chamber, Rob and the entire crew there, uh, just uh, for all the support. And I mentioned the people of Oshkosh and the Fox Valley. Thank you. Um, EA's our home. You've helped make a home. And people from around the world come here and say, how do you people stay so friendly all week? And they, they, uh, <laughs> yeah. and we tell them it's because we're the leading per capita brandy drinking state in the nation. And so, um, but all of that and more, um, we've had 70 years looking forward to a lot more timber. Hey, awesome. I love that you came with the shout outs. <laughs> that is fantastic. Okay. Uh, my shout outs. I want to send a shout out to Henry Sanders, uh, Thank you for letting me, uh, for inviting me to be part of the future uh, regional summit conference that's coming up. Um, I'm super excited. Thank you for considering me. Uh, shout out to the Toward One Diversity Conference that's coming. Um, once again, I was asked to be a moderator. Thank you. Thank you for thinking I'm worthy. I appreciate that. Um, shout out to New Monk Professionals who have had a grand opening of a new building. Um, great work, y'all. Great, great work. Um, like to send a shout out to uh, Plexus. Uh, Plexus reached out to me and and asked me to come and help be part of uh, their Black History Month something. <laughs> and what I will say is is that that's not going to come to fruition. But what I what they are working with me is um, working with me is to work on some type of programming later on. So just to be asked and for them to be open-minded enough for them to bring in others who do this work. Um, it just says a lot about the direction of where their company is trying to go. Um, big shout out to my boss, uh, just for being a cool boss. You know, what's up. Um, shout out to the center of all, uh, CISA six, um, Thank you. Once again, this was the month I got asked to do some things. And uh, it was just the fact that like people consider me worthy. And so I just want to say thank you because sometimes I don't consider myself worthy. So um, I'd like to send a shout out to uh, the movie that came out uh, that was circling around our region, the exchange in white America, Kakana and King 50 years later. What an awesome movie. 
that was fantastic. And if you um, shout special shout out to uh, Joanne Williams, who is the creator of that um, producer of that, um, the turnout from the community and it was shown everywhere from green Bay through Oshkosh um, was just fantastic. And the response and the conversation that, that was created through it um, was just wild. Um, shout out to Todd Moen, uh, my brother, shout out to Rafa. Thank you for spending some time with me. I needed that battery recharge. And last but not least, I want to send a really big shout out to the Pelkey clan and the Pelkey clan is my in-laws. Uh, I love y'all. Y'all are fantastic. And they go EAA hard. <laughs> you have not met a group yet and you don't understand. See, you, you you'll understand this. Like my, my wife is the baby of 14. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> See? <laughs> so there is, there, there is this group. <laughs> And they go hard. So I'm thinking they're going to tune in to this episode in particular. I've got to introduce them to the South Africans. You know what? The South Africans are not ready for the Pelkey clan. (laughs) (laughs) But I promise you this, they'll have a doggone good time. (laughs) There you go. (laughs) So um, now we are here for the last part of the show. All right. The last thing. And you have choices, Dick. Okay. All right. The choice is. You can, A, give us some parting words of wisdom. B, what would yourself today tell your 13-year-old self? Or C, all of the above, because, you know, you always got to have that as an option. Oh, definitely, yeah. Um, To my 13-year-old self, I'd say, calm down. It ain't all about you. Now take a moment and uh, if you can get others to believe in themselves, they'll believe in you as a leader. Mm. And the the A would be something I've got pinned up on my board in my office. And it's attributed to Albert Einstein. Of course, you know, with the internet, things, you know, Abraham Lincoln said this on the internet, so it must be true, you know, type thing. <laughs> so it was... Um, you know, but it's attributed to Albert Einstein. He said, not everything that matters can be measured, and not everything that can't be measured matters. And I've tried to remember that as we work the communications thing, because it's not all about data sometimes. Sometimes it's about people, and we have to remember that. Facts. That, that's a pretty good one. What'd you think? I loved it. I appreciate the time. This was fun. We had a great time. Thank you. Mm -hmm. The cash.